0: Good evening, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. I'd like to welcome the masters of the ones and twos, my partner Wayne, and I am Steve, the editor and engineer. We hope you enjoy tonight's topics of discussions, because we're going to say it the way we see it. Good evening. Good evening and welcome back to the Across the Tracks podcast.
1: Yes, good evening and welcome back, man. We've been uh, we've been gone for a minute or two. Uh we uh, we took off Easter and uh I think we took off uh, maybe the week prior to that, I think, you know, just yes. Just to recuperate, relax, and uh, you were doing some things uh, at your. Uh, we did do a uh, broadcast from your your new uh, summer home, <laughs> so, <laughs> down in uh, the Sunshine State. So that was all good. I think that was, that was a couple of weeks ago, and then we took uh, took off for Easter and uh, uh, another week. I can't remember what was going on, but we're back and uh, got some interesting stuff to uh, discuss tonight. And uh, always good to be be on the airwaves, my friend.
0: It is, it is, it is. We are always good to go, good to go. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we're going to start this broadcast out with a shout out to our alma mater, the Elizabethtown yeah. High School Fighting Panthers and Panther Nation. So. Yes. Uh, it has been uh, a week since the Elizabethtown High School Panthers, the basketball team under the leadership of our our uh, friend and 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 uh, not classmate, but he's a class behind us, yep. under Coach uh, James Hare, to have the Panthers make it to the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> and in the state of Kentucky unlike lots of other states the sweet 16 is the the state tournament now they have district tournaments they have a regional tournaments which is all kind of part of the state tournament idea but really making it to the sweet 16 is the state tournament because it happens in one weekend and unlike, you know, I live in the state of Indiana, and of course, Indiana is supposed to be known for basketball. The Indiana State Basketball Tournament takes like two months before they crown the champion. And they got different; they got Class A, Class B. Always, there's there's four classes. Right, right. While in Kentucky, there is no class system. You know, you take the you take the the top 16 regional champions and they all go to lexington and play in the state tournament for that one weekend and the elizabeth high school panthers uh ended up being runners up in the state tournament so we want to give props to them uh it was a great group of kids because i saw those guys the majority of them played football
1: and okay.
0: I saw him, And I saw him play football as well. It kind of reminds you of when we were going through school, everybody was multiple sport
1: right, athletes. Right,
0: right. And in a small school like Elizabethtown, there's only a little over 700 students. You know, you have to have multiple sport athletes. And with that, you know, they were able to, um, you know, become runners up in the state. I think it's the second time they were runners up and, of course, in two, the year 2000, they won the state championship under the leadership of Coach Hare as well. So i uh, just like to give props to them. I kind of follow them throughout the tournament. Uh, there's lots of our classmates and friends from uh, E-Town that uh, were going to the games and watching and so on. So, you know, they're very, very successful. And uh, with a small school like Etown, town uh, they've always been successful in sports. Uh, and, um, and academics, of course, but, uh, yeah, we just want to give them props up. props to the, to the Panthers and Panther nation. How about you, man?
1: Absolutely man um yeah many props much much props to uh, to EHS man like you said our our old alma mater and we're always glad to hear good news about uh, you know things from home man and that's that's good news and you know when I want to shout out man I think you know uh, James has been the coach there for wow what gosh what are we going on now
0: probably twenty five years yeah,
1: yeah yeah twenty twenty plus years or so, and um has always done a great job with those kids, man, and uh you know you 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 know most of the kids you don't hear a lot of you know kids being in trouble you know that type of stuff, uh he runs a good program. Uh, not only teaches teaches the sport, but he, you know I'm sure he teaches um, those young men about how to conduct themselves both on and off the court. So it's a testament, man, to the great work that he's done there. And uh, so this was this was tremendous, man, being state runners up. So uh, shout out to EHS, our Panthers, but also a shout out to our friend. And like I said, he was a he was a year behind us, I do believe, but uh, still a, a fellow EHS grad, man, Coach James Hare. Uh, So, congrats and much props, man. Yes,
0: sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir So, uh, what do we got next? Well, um, there's been a a push to um, have the United States do something about our infrastructure. And uh, coach, coach, well, I'm still in the football mode, (laughs) president, Uh, Joe Biden and uh, the legislature, the House, they they wanted to do something about infrastructure and therefore they're trying to get bills passed that would help United States infrastructure because we need help. And of course, uh, there's always opposition to the opposition. Which basically means that the you know the Republicans don't want to do anything with infrastructure, simply because you know they they are sore losers, they just want to obstruct, and they don't want to get anything accomplished. So that's kind of where we are. And I think we'll have a nice little discussion about infrastructure and how, how it um, how it's related to the success of the United States and right, right. Uh, safety for Americans.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, me and my wife talk about this all the time, man. It's like, because here we got some of the worst roads, man, I think in the country out here, potholes, you know, there's constant construction going on out here. And it's like a bill of this magnitude would, I mean, we all know and people know it that the bridges, the roads, the transportation in this country, it's, it's, it's subpar, man. And a bill of this magnitude would do, man, amazing things for this country. Uh, And just think about how many people would be able to have a good paying job doing the type of work that's going to come with a bill like that. Um, You'd have people working, man, I mean, good, high paying jobs, man, doing, you know, road work, construction, solar, all kind of stuff, man. And I, I don't know why people would be against that. You know, and I think you've said on one of the broadcasts before, um, the Republican Party—they always got to find somebody to either dislike, somebody to hate, or they got to find something to be against. And here we are; they're against the infrastructure bill, and I, I don't get it, man. When when it's going to benefit so many people in this country and the country as a whole, man, I, I don't get it. I don't get it.
0: Yeah, it, it's they complained that it costs too much. You know, now they're concerned about, you know, spending too much money while they decided that they were going to, at the beginning of uh, the past occupant, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, decided to give a uh, two, three trillion dollar tax cut to the wealthy. And so with the uh, ARP, that was passed the American Recovery uh, Act. That was that was passed. Um, you know, people got fourteen hundred dollars, and they, you know, there's plenty of COVID uh, relief and so on. They felt now was too much too much to spend money on now, and some of the um, some of the opposition to infrastructure is the fact that they feel that some things that are within the infrastructure doesn't fit the infrastructure bill because it's not going directly to infrastructure. You know, one of the aspects of infrastructure is to get broadband um, um, sent to rural areas. Yep. Because of, you know, education in your rural areas, you know, farming communities, they don't have access to broadband. And another part of it is dealing dealing with our electric grid. You yep. so know, if I was living in Texas and I know I was out of electricity for four or five days during the coldest months uh, days of the winter, I would uh, would want to, you know, maybe go along with that. But anything in Texas right now is is uh, contemplating on just being negative. Their their governor yep. is. The governor's an asshole. He just wants to say no to everything, and so therefore, uh, he, you know, when someone is knocking on the door and say that I can help you fix this problem, and then you ignore the problem, you don't want the help, then you know it's going to hurt the citizens of the state, and possibly drive people towards the Democratic Party, whether they try to do it or not.
1: Well, at some point, I, I would hope the country would wake up, man, and see that, you know, here Biden is coming. I, I give him props, man. He he has been he has been doing his thing, man. Now is everything gone as he wanted it to? No, but. He's done more in what he hasn't been a hundred days yet. He's done more in the short time since he's been in office than the previous occupant did for a whole freaking four years.
0: It's not so, what he says. <laughs> well, he,
1: he he can kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but Biden is he is doing the work, man. He's putting in the work, and I would I would hope that people around the country would wake up and say, like, look. This guy's trying to do something to benefit everyone. So, if he can get this infrastructure bill passed, people are going to be they're going to be back to work. There's going to be so much work to be done, man. People can't say anymore, I can't get a job. There's going to be jobs to be had. <laughs> and yeah. it's going to improve the country, man. We are one of the you've been you've traveled around the world, man. A lot of industrialized countries, their transportation, the fact that they have some type of high-speed rail in their country, I don't know why we can't do that. I I don't know why we can't have high-speed rail to go from one coast of the country to the next.
0: Well, I, I can tell you, Wayne, is the fact that we, as people, feel more comfortable driving cars. And we're not used to high-speed rail. While in Europe and other places, yeah. that's that's their main means of transportation. Yep. Hell, uh, a week ago today, I just drove through Atlanta. Atlanta sucks. The <laughs> tell road system. The uh, road system in Atlanta sucks. If, yep. if I if I didn't have the Waze app, <laughs> and I, I tell you, and and of course last week was spring break. Yep. Yep. You know, people coming back from spring break and so on. I didn't choose to go down there when we went down there. We had to go down there to do some business. Right. So on the way down there, there was traffic on the way back. There was a hell of a lot of traffic. But the the Atlanta just sucks. Hell, I was telling Lynn as we were driving and taking hours to get 15, 15 miles. I said they should. They should just build an infrastructure just for friggin' trucks, have their own super highway where they don't have to get out on the highway with regular car, build their own shit, you know, (laughs) and just give them their own, give them their own lane, let them go where they want to go and ease up on some of this transportation. Atlanta's horrible.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and, and train transportation. I don't see why there can't be a bullet train that goes from Chicago to Indianapolis, from Indianapolis to Louisville, from Louisville to Nashville, from Nashville to Atlanta, from Atlanta to, you know, Gainesville, Florida or Tallahassee. Right.
1: Right. You're preaching to the choir, my friend, because we've been saying the same thing out here that why can't there be a, a, a bullet train, some type of train to go from Pueblo all the way up to Fort Collins or Boulder, whatever, all the way up that front range corridor. They've been talking about this. They've been studying this for as long as I've been here. And no action is being taken, none. So in the meantime, what do they do? They spend trillions of dollars to widen the interstate, Yeah. (laughs) to to add another lane to I-25. When it's like you could have built high you. The tracks are already there. I mean, find a way to utilize the tracks for high-speed rail. Uh, I mean, we we lived in Japan for five years, man, and we granted we had a car, uh, but we rode the train the majority of time. We wanted to go anywhere in Japan, we caught the train, man, and it was a piece of cake. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a piece of cake. It was like, wow, this is so nice. And did the same thing in Europe, man. We we caught the train in Europe. And, I, man, the U.S., man, we need major overhaul here, man.
0: Well, uh, you know, the East Coast, you know, that's when, when Alex was at Holy Cross and we would go to his games or I would go into his games and so on. I would jump on the rail system and go anywhere. I mean, yep. for a buck 25, I could go from Boston yep. to uh, Amity. I could go yep. from Boston to uh Worcester, which was where Holy Cross was located. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you know, <clears throat> I I went there one time. They they were playing Harvard in a night game, and I flew in to Logan early, and I went down to John Adams, and I went to John Hancock's place all on the train. And then on the way back, I stopped at the Kennedy Library, which was all on the train. And then from the Kennedy Library, I went to Harvard Square. Okay. And then went to the game itself. After the game, I took the train back to Logan and flew out. Yep. Yep. But it, yep. it only cost me about five bucks yep. to go all the way to Quincy, Massachusetts, back up to 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 Boston, from Boston to Cambridge, Cambridge, you know, right, right. out of there. And it cost me about five bucks.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I we I don't know why we can't we can't have something like that in all these, you know, like you say, you just described the routes, man, from in lap Chicago, Chicago to here, high speed, some type of high speed rail that would get you to these places and and get rid of all this congestion on the roads, man. You know, um, we well, used to go when we lived in Boston, we used to catch the uh, we go down to New York. So we we go down mm-hmm. and catch the train from Boston and go down to New York. And at the time, this was back in the 80s, but uh, it still was, I think, maybe, gosh, the tickets probably were like twenty something dollars. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that expensive. And you go take you right into Penn Station and uh, get out. You're right there on 34th Street. Boom. And you're right in the heart of New York, man. And we'd stay down in New York, you know, sometimes we'd stay for the weekend and catch the train and come back up. I mean, all this driving, man, it's getting old. Yeah. You know, and like you, you know, congestion, the trucks, and gosh.
0: So, in Indianapolis, Wayne, in the 1940s had more cable cars than any city in the United States. Yep. Yeah, I believe. I mean, I mean they, they did. I mean, you could I mean, if you look at the names of the streets in Indianapolis, you know, I live off of stop 11, stop 12, stop 10, oh, stop okay. 18. You okay. know, those are all stops along. The, they used to say it was a milk stop, but they right, just had right, trains, right. you know, uh, electric trains that basically went from one stop to the other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the the transportation system. Now, the people that use the train the most are the people that don't even own cars, which people that own cars shouldn't have to drive their cars. Right. You know, right. When, when, when I was going to uh, see them play Harvard that night, hell, there are people getting on the trains that were just going out to dinner, going out to clubs right, in, right. in Boston and so on. They were dressed to go clubbing right. and they didn't have right. to drive. They just jumped on they just jumped on the the metro, yeah. They and, and just went. Yeah. Didn't have to worry about drinking and driving. Just got on the yeah. damn train. Yeah. I wish I wish that we could do that. I mean, we need to get away. We we need to get away from just driving our cars all the time to get from point A to point yeah. B. You know. But if you I want to go, yeah. Go ahead.
1: No, but you know you can't do that because that's going to put somebody out of business. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. you you now you're in other people's pockets, and they don't want that man they they the automakers they don't want that the people who make tires don't want that the gas people the oil people you know they're like man you, you you know they they're gonna come on, man, it's time to move to the next level right it's time to move to the next level man right um we we when we go to Seattle uh i I like you know yeah, I rent a car. But for the most part, man, I, I'm, we normally the hotel we stay, we stay at the same place all the time. It's not that far from the light rail station, and so I just drive the car over, park it, we get on the light rail, and go into the city. And you know, it's it's peace, man. You don't have to <laughs> yeah. worry about you yeah. know lines and and you know accidents. Just get on the train, you know. Right. So uh, Denver has a nice uh, light rail system. Uh, but it's only once you get into the nice. outskirts of Denver yeah. and so you can take the light rail to the airport. You can take it to a lot of, you can take it into Aurora and into the downtown area, but it's, it's right at the outskirts of Denver. So there is nothing. If I want to get to Denver right now, I have to drive. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're like, man, they've been talking about having a train to go from Pueblo all the way up, uh, to Fort Collins, Boulder. It would be great. It would be great because I'd ride it. I, I'd be on it all the time. But oh, yeah. yeah. I'd ride it all the time. But the odds are uh, we're never going to see that in our lifetime because every time you turn around, they're doing a study. I mean, how many studies do you need yeah. to do to know that I-25 is a nightmare when there's an accident? <laughs> it's yes. a nightmare you know, so they've spent all this money uh, to widen I-25 at another lane. It's supposed to open up next year, and, uh, you know, it'll probably, you know, get us going back to Denver again uh, because traffic would ease up a little bit, but, man, a train would be so much better, and we we could use that. This I know Pete Buttigieg has talked about uh, high speed rail. Uh, you know, he would like to see that as the secretary of transportation. I mean, we just if we could get people committed, man, to do what's what's right for the country, man, do something good for the country, man.
0: Hell, in 2009, they talked about that under uh, yes. President Obama. Yeah, never happened because never happened because. Uh, you know, our friend, you because he he didn't want to do anything about it just because the man's name was Obama. Right. Okay. Right. And the same thing's going with this infrastructure thing now. He's he's saying there you aren't gonna get any any Republicans to vote for any infrastructure.
1: Yeah. And, it, and at mean, some point, yeah. At at some point I think Biden needs to say, you know what, here's the middle finger to all you clowns, and we're gonna kill this filibuster foolishness, and I got work to do. So you're either with us or you're against us. And and that's what it's come down to, really. Because these guys, they're not gonna vote for nothing that he puts forward. So they need to kill this filibuster foolishness so they can get a pathway to doing what he wants to do. He's probably got two years. To do this, because if things do go south and they get control again of the Senate, then yeah, his 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 little dreams are coming to a halt. But yeah. while you've got the edge that you've got, I say use it. Give these clowns the middle finger, and do your thing, man. Do your thing. You know, do what's good for the country. This this would be tremendous, man. This infrastructure thing. I I hope they can get it done.
0: Yeah, I hope and and then you got somebody like Joe Manchin who's yeah who's Now, who's now become, you know, the top dog in the Senate because he says he's not going to go for anything that is not bipartisan. Well, hey, Joe, guess what? The Republicans don't want to be bipartisan. Right. right. How can you how can you force them to say that you're going to be bipartisan? They want to be bipartisan, you know, when they're saying, no, we're not going to be bipartisan. Well, I, I I don't think the corporate tax of 28 percent is too much we'll, we'll do it 25 percent what the men will make it 28 right dumbass right. it used to be 28 right you know back in the right. uh uh the early 2000s you're just he, going back to where it was
1: yeah he 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 think he got a little power now so he flexing a little bit but it's like my thing is dude are, are you with the democratic party or you're not. If you if you He's don't want to right. wear the uniform of the Democrat, then take off your uniform yeah. and join the other side, because He's that's not. what you sound like. He's not. You know, you you know, know more, people, like, more, more people voted punk for ass.
0: Yeah, yeah. More people voted for him in West Virginia than anybody else, and West Virginia voted for Donald Trump more than anybody. Yep. So, and therefore... The, and one of the he, four states in the country. Four states, and, so, and they just, they, you know, he stuck because he he wants to be I'm a democrat but I don't want to act like a democrat
1: well you know then, yeah my thing is dude just just switch to the other side then we yeah. know cuz that that's that's how you're acting man it's like you know you don't want to be down with with the prez who is trying he is trying to do right man and and these people cinema him uh and then we already know about the republican clowns but these Democrats who are who are against him, man, it's like, man, what is wrong with you, man? Yeah. I mean, a lot of these people, man, like West Virginia, one of the poorest states in the country. Can you imagine what this infrastructure bill would do for West
0: Virginia? <laughs> yeah. You know, but they, All those you, people you, that aren't in the coal mines. Right. So guess What you're going to get right. a job building. Right. High speed rail through the area. Right. Right. There making your no roads better. Coal more coal fucking mines. tunnels.
1: Right. I mean, get come on, get with the program, man. That's that's what I say. Biden just says, you know what? Screw you all. I got work to do. Got work to do, man, and, and let's get it. So I I hope something breaks. Uh, because if he's waiting on the 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 kindness of the Republican Party, he can forget that. And he can forget that Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema are gonna come to their senses and, and help him out as well. So it is what it is, man. It is yep. what it is.
0: But we do need infrastructure. That's for you.
1: Definitely so need infrastructure, man. We need it badly. So, um, so let's segue into another topic uh, that has to do with, uh, I think it's another political type issue, uh, and that was the fact that uh, you know we were off the air. This occurred while we were off the air for a bit, but it's worth mentioning the fact that Major League Baseball. Pull the all-star game out of Georgia. And I guess you heard where it's going to be played. Yes, sir. <laughs> Mile high. Mile high. They 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 take the Major League uh Baseball All-Star Game out of Atlanta, which is fifty-one percent black, and they bring it here to Denver, where the population is nine percent black. <laughs> So Coors Field will be hosting the Major League uh, Baseball All-Star Game. But uh, what are your thoughts, man? People have had different thoughts about what this means in lieu of the voter restrictions that uh, Brian Kemp has levied on the state of Georgia as the governor. Some people have the view that "Eh, this hurts. This hurts a lot of small businesses. A lot of them were black mm-hmm. that were counting on that all-star game being there because that meant money for their businesses. The other argument is, hey, somebody's got to take a stand and show these people that you can't suppress or you know re- disenfranchise us from voting. It is, it is a right of every citizen to vote. So what's your take on it, man? Uh, Which side of the camp are you in? Or are you in the middle somewhere?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at it this way. I understand that uh, Stacey Abrams and the people that are kind of political and and, and leaders in the black community understand that, um, you know, it it would be good to have the all-star game. In Atlanta helped out black businesses, of course, uh, since Atlanta's fifty one percent black, I understand that. However, it's one game. It's one game. and if you look at major League baseball, the demographics of major league baseball has changed quite a bit indeed and i think my own personal opinion is that major league baseball whether right or wrong pulled out and for me they should have pulled out the thing that that most concerns me is that what's going to happen How much political pressure can the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, Major League Soccer, put on the state of Georgia?
1: Because you've got the WNBA there.
0: And the WNBA. Because if you think of all the games that are possibly going to be played, the WNBA is going to the their franchise there is going to play at least 20 or 30 games. Yep. The NBA is going to play at least 20 or 30 games. The NFL is going to play at least eight or nine games at home. Um, you know, so that's gonna put more pressure if they do what they did with the state of Arizona when Arizona did not want to pass the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday bill back in 1986. So if you put that on top of that, then you'll have a little bit more pressure. That's what I feel should happen, is that all these major league teams that's not going to be there for one night, like the All-Star game, But you think of you think of 30 times five, 150 events that's not going to show up. And that's just sporting events, let alone the entertainment events. okay? that's going to be there or the performing art events that's going to be in 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 Georgia and so on. So that kind of revenue will make them make them. Think twice about or maybe changing that. They're not, of course, right, because right. they're stupid ass, hard asses. <laughs> and, you know, they're they're just trying to be mean to black folks and brown folks. Yep. Yeah. And therefore, they they and once again, putting pressure on Coca-Cola. OK, putting pressure on those other uh, um, Delta Delta. and (laughs) and Home Depot and all those places, places that are based out of Atlanta or or Georgia or whatever, then that's going to put more pressure on them. And they send a signal to these other states that are going through the process of doing this, that if Major League Baseball didn't come, football didn't come, the NFL didn't come to Indianapolis because they passed a stupid ass bill, which they have. okay, and they're debating that, then they may think twice about doing it. It's power. When people stick together, yep. those that's those are my thoughts.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I agree, man. Um, you you know, people were, were were saying, well, you yeah, you're taking you're taking money away from from the black businesses there. But as you said, All Star Games one game, you still got major major sports going on in the city of Atlanta that are going to provide income to those businesses in and around those stadiums and those venues. So that's the way they need to look at it. Um, so I, I I hear what people are saying, yeah, you know, um, but you gotta stand for something. You gotta stand for something. And, and and this whole thing, man, we were talking the other day. It's it's funny, the system that got Brian Kemp elected as as governor when he beat Stacey Ayers, it's the same system. It's yep. the same system. But now the fact that a lot of black and brown people came out to vote here this past election, it's the same process you got elected with. Somehow now the process is broken and we need to fix it and we need to put in some, uh, you know, some guardrails to ensure that, you know, their their free election. Went but it was the same system you got elected under. Yep. So what, what what are you saying? Was it crooked then? I don't think so. Yeah. So I, I think uh, MLB was right. You know, take a stand, man. It ain't all about money all the time. It's about principle and uh, the fact that it's clear as day. They can say what they want, but it is clear as day that you are seriously trying to disenfranchise the majority of people in, in Atlanta and in the suburbs around Atlanta. A lot of those Decatur, um Atlanta. Uh, all those suburbs, you know, around Atlanta, a lot of black folks live in those suburbs. And Stacey Abrams has got those folks motivated to come out and vote. So you see where their handwriting's on the wall and you got to you got to shut that down. Yeah. But it's the same system that got you elected. So if it's if it's crooked now, it was crooked then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, Wayne, is that he just he just didn't realize that it's going to motivate more black folks to come out and vote. Absolutely. It's it's going to it's going to become a norm to go stand in line and vote and vote these idiots out. Yep. And this year's really important also because of redistricting. Yep. Okay. And of course, they're going to gerrymander all the districts. You know, so where it goes through an area where they they know that you know there are more Republicans in this area, so we're just going to run the district through that area just to keep black folks from getting in there.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, and uh, and I hope the people of Atlanta and all my friends that that I met in college and so on, a majority of them live down in Atlanta. You know, I hope that they continue to get out and vote. And Absolutely. both these fools, both these fools, out. He, they, yeah. they have woken a sleeping giant. Oh yeah. And oh, that yeah. sleeping giant is going to go fill out the bubbles, or pull the lever, or punch that card, or whatever to to get that vote.
1: Yeah. You know? you, you may, yeah, yeah. Their their process. You you may make it uncomfortable. You may make it, you know, um, a bit harder. But it ain't going to stop people from coming to the polls. Uh, it's not going to stop not just in Atlanta, but around the country, man, yep. Philly, Milwaukee, all the see I, I, it to me, man, it's it's you know, it's it's crooked when you don't see anybody putting up any voter restrictions in Beverly Hills or Bel Air or any of these places where there ain't a majority of black and brown people. You're only doing this in areas where, you know, there is a high population population. Of those people, so you want to make it damn near difficult as possible for them to vote, and if they got to stand in line for hours and hours and hours, it's like how inhumane is that? Say nobody can give you a bottle of water. I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really? Uh, So. We see this for what it is, man. They, they can say whatever they want, that we want to make sure there's no fraud and we want free and fair election. Man, bullshit. <laughs> Trying to disenfranchise black and brown people because you know the tide is turning and your ass is going to get swept away in that tide. That's what's coming. And so, yes, folks need to stay on the, stay on the game, stay with it. Get out and vote. Uh, We got, you know, 2022 is going to be right around the corner, man. So we got to get rid of some of these people that uh, they they are only interested in their own interest. They could care less. We said it before, man. So many of these people now, they don't care nothing about the people. It's it's keeping their brand going. And these are the people that need to be voted out, period. Yep. Vote their asses out. So I agree. Yeah. So
0: in agreement with that, brother.
1: Absolutely. So uh, let's flip the script here a little bit. Um, We had an event last week and we were talking before we came on the air. Um, I don't think you caught it. Uh, I caught some of it. Uh, And, you know, the versus thing that's going on. Uh, it's a thing, uh, a musical competition that was started by Timbaland and Swiss Beats to get artists to basically, I wouldn't say it. It's called a battle, but it's more of a competition to see who had the best catalog of, uh, of music. Mm-hmm. And There's been quite a few battles uh, that have taken place here since Versus started. The latest one here was about, uh, I think it was last week. Last uh, last weekend, or was it? Uh, yeah, last weekend I think. This was the Earth, Wind, and Fire versus the Isley Brothers battle, <laughs> and man, that was interesting. That's all I'll say. It was interesting to 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 just sit, man, and listen to the catalogs of these two bands, man. It, it I mean. It could have went on for hours. And hours.
0: <laughs> I could imagine,
1: you know, it could have went on for hours and hours and hours. But the fact that, man, you're talking and, and people were, were on the Internet. It wasn't just people our age that were like, man, you know, this is great. It takes me back. You had younger people who said, man, my parents listen to this music, my mom listened to this, when she's cleaning the house on Saturday, or my dad had this playing in the house all the time. I remember a lot of these songs. It was, you know, our kids <laughs> talking about how great that battle was. And uh, I, it was amazing, man. I, it was amazing. So, um, granted, you could, I think if you go out on YouTube, you probably can can catch it, man. If you go out and put in uh, Isley Brothers versus Earth, Wind & Fire, uh, battle! You can okay. probably catch it on YouTube.
0: Yep, yep. But I can comment on it, <laughs> oh, <laughs> even though absolutely. I didn't. I so didn't I, I'll, I'll to let
1: it. you start. What, 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 what would be your thoughts on one, one of the two bands? Who, who do you think one is is the greatest? <laughs> who is the greatest? And two of of the two groups, your top. Let's let's we hear your top. Three songs from each. Group. Oh wow! That's <laughs> hard. Man,
0: you you boxing me in a corner. Top which... three songs from from yeah. each group. So I'll i let you oh, kick it off. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not fair. <laughs> okay, because let's you can't... say top five, top five songs. That's of... not fair either. <laughs> <laughs> let's say, let's just mention a song or two because we can go okay. on and on right. and on because everything, the majority. 95% of what they produced was good. Absolutely. So, you know, choosing three is a disservice. <laughs> choosing five is a disservice. Choosing <laughs> 20 is, is a, a disservice. <laughs> 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 uh, you are <laughs> because right, man. Their, because their catalog was so vast yep. and is so pertinent today Yep. that, um it's just hard to quantify or qualify this battle, yeah. Because if 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 I'm looking at the a band, yes, I'm looking at Earth, Wind, and Fire number one because they've always been a band. Yeah, the Isley Brothers were a group that developed into a band. Now has gone back to being a group because of the transition of members of, of the of the uh, the group itself. Right, right. So band wise, no question, Earth, Wind, and Fire, top band, because, you know, they they were a band, period. Right, right. You know, the Isleys, you know, they started off as a group, you know, back in the fifties, and then. About nineteen seventy one, seventy two, or three, they transitioned into a band because that's when they brought in Chris Jasper and Ernie yep. Isley, and I can't think of the other cousin. Uh, that's when, when they when they brought in the three plus three. Right, right. That that three plus three. That's when they became a band. Yep. Now that band transitioned from. You know, doo-wop and the love songs to serious rock and roll, because Ernie Isley, you know, he was trained by Jimi Hendrix. Yep. Okay, and so that band, you know, some of the most popular movement music that the Isley Brothers developed was developed by the band between I say between 1973 to about 1986, somewhere about a 15-year period in there. And then the brothers started to to pass on. And then, of course, Ron Isley, you know, struck out on his own and so on. And so, um, you know, one of the three plus three, uh, the, the three cousins or brothers that came in, you know, they're having issues and so on. But I would have loved to listen to that and as you've mentioned, I'll, I'll go back out and listen to it and just to see what songs they chose to play. Oh, wow. OK. And yeah. then go go from there. It, they, it's they, almost like yeah. um, there's two young high school kids and I can't think of their names that are listening to music from back in the day that they never heard before. Uh, oh, yeah, I've
1: seen them. It's yeah. like when
0: they 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 listen to Steely Dan for the first yep. time yep. or they listen to Phil Collins, you know, and so they didn't know anything about this music, so they're just being introduced to it. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, see the excitement in their eyes from what was produced back then because they've never heard it before because you know, they're the new millennia and stuff like right, that, right. you know. So, yeah, I would I would I I can't compare The two, because both bands, both groups are in the top probably three or four or five, definitely within the top 10 of all the bands that are out there for me. Okay. So anything, I mean, I listen to them every day. Today, I listen to them every day. You can't turn on. Uh, serious and not hear Earth, Wind and Fire. You can't listen to a commercial without s- listening to Earth, Wind and Fire or the Isley Brothers. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Burger King was big back in the, the 90s and 80s with Who's That Lady and so on. You know. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's. I'll have to go back and, and and listen to it. I'll I'll make sure I do it. But my thoughts are it's hard to compete. <laughs> there there is the only people that are winners in that competition is us because yeah. we get to, we get to hear their music again yeah. and yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, man?
1: Oh man. I, I, I did listen to some of it, man. Like you say, man, they were pulling stuff out, man. Of <laughs> Especially the Ozzy brothers went back, got a lot of their 60s stuff. Yeah. Shout yep. and uh, pop that thing and stuff like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, uh, Hands down for me, man, uh, and, I, and I love the Isley Brothers, but hands down, Earth, Wind and Fire is they are they are my all time favorite group, <clears throat> you know, and um, they're, they're you know, a battle between these two. Like you say, I, nobody wins because, <laughs> you know, the catalogs are so vast and it, it, it just takes you back to a simple time, man, because we grew up on this stuff. Yep. And when you hear when you hear an Earth, Wind & Fire song like That's the Way of the World or Shining Star, whatever, it takes you back, man, to like you knew exactly what you were doing, where you were when that song was out. (laughs) Same thing with the Isley Brothers, man. And so uh, it was great. It was awesome. Just 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 seeing what song was going to come up next, you know, what they were going to do, you know, because it was a treat. It was a real treat, man. So. Um, no, I, yeah, I, it wasn't fair, man, for me to put you in a box to see, <laughs> had, had to limit you to a few, you know, three or five or 20, <laughs> but, uh, but man, you're talking about some of the top hits in R and B that came out of those two groups, man, of, of all time in my view. So whenever you look at these lists of the top R and B songs of all time, there's are guaranteed there's going to be at least Two or three Earth, Wind, and Fire songs, two or three Isley Brothers tracks on that list, hands down, no questions asked.
0: Yeah, in so, my playlist, in my playlist, I have specific Earth, Wind, and Fire and Isley Brothers. Yep, just, yep, just them. Yep. Now I don't yep, have too many artists that are that way. I've got yeah. like James Brown. I've got Earth, Wind, and Fire. The Isley Brothers. I've got Prince. I've got Steely yep, Dan, yep, and a couple of others. Just, just their music.
1: Yep. Okay, yeah, I have a same thing. I've got an Earth, Wind, and Fire playlist I, right now. It consists of about forty songs, and then my Isley Brothers playlist is about forty nine. And uh, so I, you know, I get all the the sixty stuff of the Isleys up to the when Ron Isley went went solo, did some things. I got that in the playlist. <laughs> but I I I I go back, man, to the. To the uh, to the stuff we listen, you know, when we were in high school. The seventy type Osley Brothers stuff, yeah. uh, three plus three and go for your guns and yep. all that stuff. <laughs> That's to me, man. Harvest
0: man. of the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, harvest for the world. Summer breeze. <laughs> Who's that lady? Uh, Voyage to Atlantis. Footsteps in the domain. I <laughs> we, we could go on and on. And the same thing with Earth Wind and Fire, man. I I, I like. I like the, you know, they had some good stuff when the when the nineties, the, 90s, early nineties 90s type stuff, but that period from when, you know, I think uh seventies, maybe up to seventy-nine, um, is, is is in the pocket, man. The the stuff that they just it was hit after hit after hit. Um something I found, man, of, of listening to that battle. Do you know, man, of all the music that the Isley brothers put out? They only have one Grammy hmm. <laughs> I mean one Grammy that's it that wow. is it. They were nominated four times, but they only won one Grammy and, and now they give Grammys out like candy to these people <laughs> yeah, but that just tells you how much competition it was, yes back then when you think of all the super groups that were out back then that were you know putting out quality music man and you know you had to bring it man and and to me the fact you only won one grammy competing against the level of competition level of groups that were out when you were out
0: that says a lot
1: man that says, know, says a lot
0: the it other thing you have to you have to think about also when you look at the grammys is the time frame in which the Isleys were going through. So let's go back to the 1950s. Okay. Who were they competing against? Bill Haley and the comic. Elvis Presley. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking pop artists that remember in the 50s, they didn't even play black music. Nope. Okay. So when you get to the 60s, you, you, you're competing against the Stones, the Beatles. Okay. You're competing against, uh, you're competing against Motown. Uh, You know, and and those guys. And then when you get to the 70s, you're competing against, you know, Chicago, Steve Miller. You're competing against um, Eagles. You're competing against all that group. So there was no transition to Grammys being won by multiple uh, black bands or groups until the 1980s. And so when Off the Wall hit the charts... Boom, look at MTV. They didn't have any black artists on MTV when it first created. Michael Jackson was the first to crack that MTA, I mean the uh, MTV uh, vault. So yeah. Michael Jackson was was able to crack the pop vault in 1980 with off the wall. And then you think of you go a few a few years later, then Prince, cracks it when he comes up with Purple Rain. So the the Grammys started to change in the number of artists of color that they began to um, give awards to, other than, you know, the, the classic right. Motown type people. Right. So now you got a genre of people that in which um, the Isleys, if you look at the black charts, if you look at, they were always in the top. Always yep. in the top 10. But when you yep. look at Grammys, you know, the face of the Grammys, the attitude of Grammys changed in 1980. Okay. Yep. And that was getting towards the end of their run as being the, you know, three plus three and the the pop slash rock type group. And then, you know, when they came out with uh, Between the Sheets and so on, yeah, that, yeah. Was more, that was more that R&B and, and so on. So there was a little bit of a transition from the heavy rock stuff to back into R&B. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's, to me, that's why they didn't, you know, they, they didn't get those Grammys. Now, on the black charts, the R&B charts, they were always in the top.
1: Okay. Yes, yeah, so. they were always on the... Uh, the Soul Brothers top twenty in the back of the jet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So go in the back yeah. of the jet, man. The Soul yeah. I forgot top about 20. that, man. Yeah, the Soul Brothers top twenty be the yeah. this man and the Osley Brothers were, were guaranteed there on it when they were when they were at the height of their. They're excellence, man. They were always on the Soul Brother Top 20 list. And so was Earth, Wind & Fire, man. They were always in the mix. <laughs> the
0: Soul Brothers Top, i forgot forgotten all about that. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, the Soul Brothers Top 20, man. Uh-uh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're talking about Grammys. Earth, Wind & Fire won six Grammys. Mm-hmm. Six. I mean, but you think, man, the tons of music that they put out, and they got six Grammy awards. So, right. You know, it's it's, but, like you say, man, we have always shown love, you know, which is why we came with the soul Train Awards and stuff. So yes. we could recognize those groups that were putting out good music, um, you know, give give them their flowers, man. So. But yeah, it was it was awesome, man, to to see them. And granted, the group has changed. Um, they gave uh, they gave shout out to the members of, of of each group that had passed on. Maurice White, of course, mm-hmm. went and fire. And then I think two of the Isley Brothers have passed. Um, the two
0: older brothers. Have started the two the
1: brothers have passed. So on the particular battle, uh, Ronald was there. Ernie was there. Um, and I think, I think Chris Jasper might've been there. And then I was wondering if I was Philip Bailey, um, Verdeen and, uh, Ralph Johnson was there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but man, it was awesome. It's,
0: it was it's awesome. weird. It's weird. As, as we sit here and speak, you know, I've got my back to back playlist, right? Yeah. And just the other day within the past three days, I've added to my back to back playlist. <laughs> Stephen Stills and okay. the Isley Brothers. Love okay. the one you're with. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yep. I, I, I I kid you not, not because we were talking about it, just because I was listening to something and it had Stephen Stills on it. No, it actually had the Isley Brothers singing it. And yep. I said, huh, I'm going to find Stephen Stills. You know, yep. went to my Apple Music, found Stephen Stills and zoomed it in there and then put the Isley Brothers right behind it because... You know, that's my little playlist. I have like 112 songs oh, that's my. back-to-back like that. And that was the latest.
1: Wow. <laughs> so in your back-to-back, do you have uh, Seals and Crofts and Summer Breeze, their version of Summer Breeze? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so,
0: have I have some good ones in here. Okay. I've got some good ones, man. Nope. I've got some that people would never think about and some, some that you know, people go, "Huh, I didn't know that. I didn't know they they sampled Patrice Russian. Yep. You know, yep. I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> you know, it's, yep. it's, it's kind of cool." Yep,
1: and that's one of the things they mentioned that the the hip hop has sampled the Isley Brothers, uh, man, tremendously. <laughs> just, just their their rhythm tracks have been sampled uh, within hip hop so much, man. That I mean, you got to give give homage, man, and I think that is a way to to pay respect, man, to, uh, to a group, uh, like that, man. Mm -hmm. But it was awesome. I, I I encourage you if you can go out to YouTube, check it out, man. You'll, you'll have fun, man. Just, just put it on, let it play. And you'll be like, Oh man, yeah, that was, that's what I was doing. I'm like, man, just, it was awesome. So it was great. So, um, let's keep it in the music tip. And uh, we want to talk about an artist. Uh, he passed away yesterday. Uh, Earl Simmons, also known as DMX, uh, passed away yesterday. Uh, I don't know what your feelings are about DMX. Um, you know, if you were deep into DMX. Uh, I, I personally, I, I love DMX. I uh, have a lot of his music, man. Uh, but I, I, he was real, man. He, when people talk about Keeping it real in hip hop, he was one of those guys that kept it real, and um, you felt—I felt bad, man, when I heard mm-hmm. that he had passed because he, he was always trying to get his life together. Yeah, and uh, it was just sad, man, to hear that he had passed. But um, in the early, early—I mean, maybe early to late nineties, early to late late nineties to early two thousands, DMX was at the top of his game. Um, with the Rough Riders, the Rough Rider label, uh, with Eve on there, and the Locks, mm-hmm. and Jadicus, uh great groups, but DMX was the star of that label, man, and uh, he was a, I, I'm going to say, I think he can be put in the legend category as far as hip-hop artists go. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a big loss to the hip-hop community, but just a guy always trying you know, to get his life together, man, and there were just so many issues that seemed to to plague him that he couldn't overcome. Yeah. So he uh,
0: fairly young too, wasn't he? Fairly young, 50 years old, man. 50, yeah. You know, 50 yeah.
1: years old. And uh he had a battle. If you if you do get a chance, he had a battle right before he passed. He had a versus battle with Snoop Dogg.
0: Hmm.
1: And man, it was good too. It was it was good too, man. Because you know, it's like wow. I mean, they both have catalogs that are like now if you, you have to get if if you if you like that type of hip hop, because it's there's some violence, there's all the all the holes and all that. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That didn't, you know? didn't stop me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But man, their catalogs were, were deep, man, and people were just, you know, they were they were showing how many people were logging into the battle. And, and a lot of prominent people were dialing into the battle and people were just saying it's like, man, you know, we're, we're going to miss DMX, you know. Uh, but I I loved him, man. Loved his music. Uh, loved what he stood for. He he was real. He was a real guy, man.
0: Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Um, I listened to him. I, the, the thing that gets me about DMX is that, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, today's hip hop. They don't really have the 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 rhythmic sounds as we grew up with, you know, as far as vocals go. Yeah. And so on. And DMX is like you've got a pit bull yep. because <laughs> his his voice was so hard and he came across as being hard, you know, and um the, the 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 songs that you hear from him, you know, they're hard songs. Yeah. And so, he, as you said, keeping it real means he was hard. <laughs> you yep. know He took he <laughs> took no prisoners. No. Nope. You know? and, and Lynn and I were talking about it yes uh, yesterday or this morning, and she you know. When I started listening to DMX, she didn't kind of like it because, you know, he used words that, you know, we didn't listen to or whatever, you know. Right, right. He cussed and stuff like that. But Lynn goes, you know, the one song that I could remember about him is the one where he says, you know, I'm up in here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to act a fool. Y'all going to make me lose my mind. <laughs> make me lose my mind. She goes, I felt like saying that to some of my colleagues when I was teaching. because, And she would say, those heifers over there at that school are crazy. And every time I feel like going off on them, I always think, I always thought about DMX because y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you know, Lynn, would click on him sometimes. I, I have to say, no, nah, you don't want to do that. No, you know? no. no. <laughs> keep it, keep it real, keep it calm. You still have to work yeah. with him. Maybe when you get towards the end of your career, then lose it up in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, he was he was that guy with his his voice was so hard. He yeah. it seemed like he was he was always pushing the envelope because the music he made was so real and so, so tough and so street.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. No, he was, he was one of a kind man. And, uh, you know, I, I I was listening to him yesterday. I was doing errands, man. So I had my DMX playlist playing, man. It was just, I was like, man, this this dude, man. He just he just comes at you raw, man. It's yeah. just like wow. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so he'll be missed, man. Serious loss for the hip hop community, uh, for the you know the Rough Riders label. If you get a chance, man, they had a great documentary on Rough Riders. And of course, he's very prominent in that documentary, but hmm. it talks about the, the birth of the label, what led to its demise and everything. But all throughout that documentary, a lot of it is DMX and the fact that people knew like, man, this dude is talented, but the issues just keep plaguing him man yeah he can't, and they can't. they always tried everybody tried to help him i don't care what was they tried to help him because one they knew this dude had talent and they knew that like man we, we got to help this guy and um it's sad man it really is sad 50 years old and uh you know you're not with us anymore so
0: yep
1: rest in peace rest, rest in power power to DMX. DMX. That's, that's another <laughs> yeah. What's my name? <laughs> yeah. All good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, a couple other folks, and uh, you know, we're getting a little bit past the time of that, but a couple other folks passed this week or last week since we were off the air. One was Al C. Hastings. And uh, I don't know if you knew a lot about Mister Hastings,
0: Congressman Alcee Hastings, my yep. fraternity brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was
1: House of Representatives, represented Florida's uh, twenty third uh, district from ninety three to twenty thirteen, and the twentieth district from twenty thirteen until he passed here. Um, and that 20th district, man, that's most of the black precincts in and around Fort Lauderdale and West Palm beach, man. So very outspoken guy, uh, always down for the people. You never, never had to wonder where Mr. Hastings stood. Oh, no. He was going to stand up for the people, man. And, uh, your thoughts, uh, said he's a fraternity brother. Your thoughts.
0: Absolutely. Uh, happened to, uh, Went to a fraternity conference in Washington D.C. back in eighty, uh, let me think, eighty four, I think it was, and he was the main speaker at the convention. And he was, you know, because Jesse Jackson was thinking about running for president that year, and he hadn't made up his mind or whatever. And Alcee Hastings was the the keynote speaker at our fraternity convention in D.C. that that summer. And, you know, he was saying, you know, I'm down for black folks to getting out there and, and, and be in population. And he goes, he goes, I'm not going to tell Jesse to do anything. I'm, I'm not going to tell Jesse to run. I'm going to tell Jesse to fly, fly, Jesse, fly. <laughs> you know, don't run, fly, get, yeah. up, get involved. Don't be afraid to get out there and throw your name in the hat. Uh, and, um, uh, be a catalyst for change. Right, right. And, you know, Alcy didn't take any crap from anybody. Nope. As a matter nope. of fact, he's he's been one of the only congressmen to be impeached. Yep. <laughs> removed from his position. And then he came back and ran again. He came and back won and it, ran again. Yep. And won his seat back. Yeah. So I don't think there's been too many... Congressman that's done that, or people nope. that's done that before, nah, because uh, the knowledge. popularity, <laughs> the popularity of ousting Hastings and him being down with the people that he represented.
1: That's right. That's right. Yep. Yep, I don't know I don't know anybody that's that's done that. So he is one <laughs> of the kind in that regard. So Yes, sir. But yeah, uh he, he will definitely be a voice uh that will be missed in the Congress, man. So yep. um again, it's it's it seems like the great ones are passing on, man, and uh you know, I guess it's just a cycle of life, but he will definitely be missed, uh, and I know the people that he represented in those districts down in Florida. They they going to miss him as well. So they had a a strong advocate on their behalf. Yes, sir. So, yep. So the last person I want to mention, and I don't I don't know if you you knew a lot about her or not, uh, Midwin Charles. Um, she was a legal analyst analyst yeah, on NSC- yeah. Yep. Yep yeah, yep. yeah, really sharp man, and mm-hmm. it, it was just came out of the blue, man, that she had passed. Forty-seven years old, yeah. But I call always when she was on doing her legal analyst. Um, uh, she was on all made made all the rounds on the MSNBC shows, but primarily uh, Jonathan Capehart would have her on, Joy Reid would have her on, and now yep. Tiffany Cross has had her on, uh, and Ari Melber had her on too. But sharp legal mind had her own firm. Um, just, just really sad, man, to hear that she had passed because, uh, she was just on one of the shows a couple of days, I think before she passed, man, yeah. giving some, yeah. uh, some legal, uh, uh, analysis on an issue. So, uh, she will definitely be missed as well. So you never know, man, you never know. So, right. uh, I think we, uh, we have to remember folks, the great work they've done, and uh we remember that and uh again to everyone we've mentioned tonight, Al C Hastings, Medwin Charles, DMX, rest in peace, rest in power. So and the, um, Duke any, Win-
0: any, oh, and the Duke of Windsor. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're gonna Philip. talk about it. Prince yeah, Philip Prince, he's gone too.
1: Yeah, Prince Philip, he he passed. <laughs> uh man, I you know, I, I I'm not sure what that's gonna mean for the monarchy going forward. Uh, and I wonder how the queen is going to take that because they have been together for so long, you know, 73 years, uh, you know, how that's going to affect her going forward because he has always been there with her. Uh, and, and he basically, man, I, if you watch the crown, even though it's fictitious, yeah, Yeah. the fact that he, you know, dude, you, he was pretty much told, this is your job. (laughs) We don't care about what you want to do. This is your job and that is to support the queen and he he did that man and he 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 did it well and uh it's 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 a loss it's a huge loss uh for the UK and for the monarchy and the family and so we want to remember them and uh you know rest in peace to uh prince philip your thoughts
0: i don't speak too much about him because yeah. you know i believe that in July of 1776, we
1: cut ties
0: with Great Britain. <laughs> so, True anytime, time that something comes on with the royal family, I tend to go change the channel.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, because, you know, I, I, I'll give him his props. He, he, he kind of modernized the, the royal family. You know, the queen is still stuck in nineteen thirty six. You know, she's she's still stuck in that era. You know, no one's you know, this idea that royalty has, you know, certain you know, things, you can't talk to her, she's never he, he, she's never given an interview. You, you can't see her do this. You don't speak on <laughs> that, and so on. All that kind of stuff is, I mean, it's too much. Yeah, Come on, it's yeah. two thousand, it's two thousand twenty-one. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah, we need to get past that shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just me. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sad that he died, but. You yeah. know, she can't get out and do anything because yeah. of these the traditions. Yeah. Hell, if it if it wasn't for tradition, uh, Martin Luther wouldn't have nailed the ninety five theses on the wall of the Pope in Vatican City. <laughs> right. You know, just think about how that changed the world. Right. You know, if we just want to go by things that they've done be past because of traditions, traditions are meant to be broken. Right. Right. Just saying.
1: Yeah, no, and I, you're, you're right. I, I think, you know, whenever she she leaves the throne and Charles ascends the throne, I think that's going to continue. I think Charles is is an old school guy as well when it comes to the monarchy. I don't think you're going to see any change in the monarchy until, and I'm not sure about William. William. I'm not sure about William. I think William is probably an old school guy as well. He adheres to the traditions, that type of thing. Probably Harry would be the guy that was gonna say, we gonna change this. We're gonna change things around. We're gonna party a little bit more. We're gonna be loose. We're gonna we gonna let people see we're real people. And yeah. I think that's what he and Megan were, were 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 like, hey, we're real people. We have real issues, <laughs> you know? And uh so I, I don't know if that's gonna change, depending on when the queen leaves the throne and who ascends. Uh I'm not sure about William. I think William is is a traditional kind of guy he just strikes yeah, me
0: type I, of yeah I, I can go with that yeah and, and okay. harry's a red-haired stepchild <laughs> ha- yeah
1: ha- harry is out there harry wants to get <laughs> busy and have fun and and i think if he ever <laughs> whether or not he ever gets to the throne it's, who knows
0: it's not going to happen I, unless william says i don't want to do it
1: right unless william just says he want to do it and then his kids are before harry so um, yeah. Yep. So if and when I think that's when you might see some change. If the day ever comes when Harry ascends to the throne, then you might see the monarchy drop a lot of these old yeah. traditions and whatever that seem to, you know. It, it is what it is, you know. I, I will
0: say I will say <laughs> this about Philip: the the thing that he was able to get the royal family pass was the idea of divorce. Yes. You know, because if it wasn't for uh, uh, the the former king, Edward, yes. who married Wallace Simpson and the British royal family and the, the Brits went crazy because he was uh, the king for less than a year, probably just a few days less than a year when he gave up his. He abdicated his yep. throne, yep. Abdicated which allowed, which allowed uh, his brother, George, to become the king. Yep. And therefore, you know, uh, Edward was outcast, and he never really went back to England that often. Nope. And the queen never really forgave him for marrying a divorcee. And then uh, he kind of nuzzled up to Hitler during the '30s and stuff like that. He ended up living his living his life in France. He dies, comes back to to and and is is buried in I think Windsor Castle, one of those places over yeah. there that they yeah. own. Yeah. West, is
1: a Westminster, it Westminster Abbey, yeah, Westminster, Westminster, yeah.
0: Yeah, one of them. Yeah, Windsor, Westminster. Conflict. They got the you know, the, right. The British people pay for their stuff anyway, yeah. so they brought him back, and then Charles was able to get. Um, I mean, Philip was able to get Charles through the divorce with Diana. Yep. Okay, and then Princess Margaret also was divorced, so Charles had to work his way, work their family's way through that. Yeah. And then of course Andrew and Sarah Ferguson they were divorced, and so they had to, he had to work their way through that. Okay, and so he did, and, and and then, you know, the big hubbub over Edward marrying a divorcee, then ears Prince Charles marries Camilla Bowles, yep. who's yep. divorced. Yeah. So you know, Philip was able to move the the royal family towards those type things, and. Allow the people of England say, you know, divorce is not such a taboo. You know, it's happened to our family as well. So
1: yeah, yeah,
0: no, yep. That's all that's, I got to say about that.
1: Yeah, that's that's family life, man. Things happen. So yep. All right, my friend. I think unless you have any other topics, I think uh, we're now at the bottom of the hour. So we
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been at it. We've been at it according to my recording at for an hour and fifteen minutes and yeah. thirty eight nine 40 seconds <laughs> 40
1: seconds yeah but good good dialogue good discussion yep. uh since we had a two week hiatus so good to yep. be back so little little uh little long-winded tonight but it's all good man it's all, all good, good. what vibe well,
0: just just
1: like that did, yeah it did did so so
0: <laughs>
1: i don't have any other comments uh looking forward to another fun field week ahead and uh, got snow coming toward the middle of the week. So <laughs> it's springtime in the Rockies. So
0: Springtime in the Rockies.
1: Springtime yes, in the Rockies. So, uh, well, I have don't have anything. You have
0: anything. I don't have else? anything, brother. Nope. All yep, right. Nope. So we're so. going to wrap
1: up this episode of Across the Tracks. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Same time. And uh, hopefully you can join us. Hit us up on our Facebook page, or we're on all the the platforms, the podcast platforms. Check us out. And until we meet again, in the words of King T'Challa, Wakanda forever.
0: All right, all right. In the words of my old broken Italian, Chiliamo Dopo. As in three strikes, And and we're out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.